dog dick red. Well, that's definitely staying in. In this week's <laughs> Road, Road Sodas. Hey, <laughs> it's a real, <laughs> real dog dick red. Oh, it's a color. I think Dave Attell came up with that that color. He was like, you know, they don't name colors after like real real things. You never see dog dick red. And we all know what color dog dick red is, too. That's it's Christmas tree light red. Yeah, yeah, it's universal. It spans. <laughs> Culture, race, creed, orientation, everyone Species. knows Dog Dick Red. Yep, they do. They do. Oh, man. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I am I am about the same. Excellent. So good! <laughs> Hell yeah. I removed about an inch of beard yesterday, and, I, and I'm okay you, with it. Yeah, you looked shorter. Yeah. You're taller, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> I had my chin raised. Oh, wow. I can barely tell. It's the opposite of getting your ears lowered, which is the classic old guy, I got a haircut rebuttal. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a haircut? No, I got them all cut. And then they go, no, really, did you get a haircut? And then you go, no, I just got my ears lowered. And then uh, then they then they stop calling you around Christmas time because you're the worst <laughs> grandfather. <laughs> and you have kicked them in the groin repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looks good. I I did not. I grew my beard out just a probably a week's worth more. Actually. Nice. So you can so you can still barely see it. It's got some texture. Oh, you got crimes going on. You got you got crimes in the background. No, no. I assume that's one of my uh, asshole neighbors. Just uh, just lying on their keys, probably on the panic button. Yeah. Just. Just letting it go. It isn't mine. My my car doesn't make that tone. Sometimes you got to find out. Sometimes. Oh, there it goes. Hell yeah. How was your Halloween? It was pretty good. I did. Uh, I watched a movie on your recommendation. Actually, what'd you watch? I watched a little movie called Phenomena. Ooh. Do 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 do. Yeah. What'd you so think? I I wasn't I wasn't willing to make that joke. Uh, although the <laughs> the people I were with. Were willing Good. to make that joke. Good. No, no, I don't. Because I there's I have a special hatred of that one. Because I mean, if you know people who overdo jokes, that's that's gonna be us. I mean, we just haven't put in the the time with anybody yet. Yeah. But like, one person who is able to do that is my father. And yes. Boy, howdy, him, me, and my brother took a trip. Uh, to some Midwestern states, Chicago, Milwaukee, and Minneapolis. But we stayed in a little town called Menominee, which I believe is in Western Wisconsin. And so he would just keep going, Menominee. And we, me and my brother, from the very first instance of him doing that, would not like do the callback at all. <laughs> and guess what? My father, undeterred. Every chance, every like dead air space, like every five second pause, it'd just be a Menominee. Love it. Love the commitment to the bit. Oh, thanks, Dad. And also, fuck you. Fuck you. <sighs> but what'd you think well, of the film? How'd I do as a reviewer? You undersold it so hard. <laughs> you undersold it at the same time that you were overselling it. It was insane. Yeah, it's quite a thing to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll start off with just the soundtrack, uh, which 
by was- gob by goblin. Mostly by Goblin. <laughs> yeah, with a couple of crucial, crucial shifts. Yeah, but, uh, so they had Maiden in there, and they had, they had Motorhead, but they also had Frankie Goes to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> like, I looked up the soundtrack, and it was like, yeah, Frankie Goes to Hollywood had a song on there. Don't worry, you don't know it. <laughs> oh, man. But Goblin... Oh my god, I assume it's one guy just in a cave with <laughs> with six synthesizers and he's pumping or he was pumping out fantastic work 35 years ago. Yeah, th- th- they would slide ketamine under his door and he would respond with <laughs> LPs of whatever that <laughs> stuff <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, some great synthesizer. Like he he was you could tell he was the guy that they brought in and were like showing him bits of the film and they were like we need music for this like jennifer connelly is just running through a field and he's like yeah i got like four synthesizer tracks already ready to go like yeah playing, like, i'm playing them we need we need music that makes you makes the, the both the the viewer and the person in the movie not quite sure whether or not they're sleepwalking like is it a dream is it not is it just that europe's weird or is it just that this movie's weird don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I so the other thing I have to say about the soundtrack though, like although it had some fantastic music, it misplayed that music. Like the 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 use of Motorhead in this movie was the strangest <laughs> use of Motorhead in any form of media or or expression uh, if i'm not mistaken yeah the only weirder way to say like to to express yourself through motorhead would be like instead of instead of saying your own vows at a wedding you just play ace of spades and they're like um okay well like if she's a motorhead fan you know you get it you get this made no fucking sense yeah and it wasn't even ace of spades it was a b-side it was like yeah. it wasn't even one of like the main Motorhead songs you hear. I mean, it's recognizable. <laughs> and- it's it's not quite as bonkers as if during like the final like floating on the door scene in Titanic, if they had just cut to Motorhead as Jacks like floating. Down. Okay, it's not quite yeah. that jarring, but it is like I I mean, so without giving away any characters, this is a horror movie. Yeah, people are going to die, and so Motorhead starts playing. When they're wheeling out like the the body on a gurney, yeah, and, and it's like just and, it, uh, and it's not cutting to anything. It's not cutting to like a, one of our protagonists running from the killer or something, or, yeah. or even the killer like stalking somebody. It, no, it's just a long scene of of them loading a corpse into an ambulance, and there's a fuck ton of press outside, but like. Yeah. Everyone's behaving super calm and chill because it's nighttime and they're just pulling a dead body out of a house, but it's just fucking Motorhead. Yeah. And I gotta say, the use of Iron Maiden was almost as confusing. Yeah. It, for, for me, what got me was the fact that they used the same song by Iron Maiden twice. Yeah. And so they're just like, look, in case you missed it, here it is again. It's really important to me that you love this song. Yeah, I mean, the the first time that they played it, it made more sense. But the second time, it was like in the in the RPG game where you're doing like the lockpick or like the conversational stuff. Like just the real nitty gritty boring bullshit. They were playing Maiden over that. 
Yeah. <laughs> like they were, they were just like, she's trying to figure out something here. Yeah. Not moving around a whole lot. So let's play Maiden. And it's not even like they just played like a really long guitar solo or, or like a jam where there's no, no like, like there's <laughs> multiple lyrics, verses. Yeah. Which like Iron Maiden notoriously t- like th- he tells a story throughout like every song is like a historical battle or something like that. And so like, but the plot of the song doesn't line up with the plot of the movie or the scene in any way. So it's just like, here's Bruce Dickinson screaming about presumably a group of indigenous people being killed by British people. Like that's just what a lot of the songs are about. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Well, so I mean, let's let's start off this review uh, with soundtrack. Ten out of ten. Excellent. Yeah. Although you know, in in honor of our the previous reviewers that we reviewed, I'm gonna finish the soundtrack score with another ten out of ten. Good. Are you sure you don't want to switch to a five out of five? Uh, you know, I was thinking maybe a six out of five. Okay. I'd go there. Hell yeah. As long as it's a different scale, I'm happy. Hey, anytime you can mix Motorhead, Iron Maiden, I mean, that's not that hard. But then throw in Frankie Goes to Hollywood, whew, you did something right. Yeah. And Donald Pleasance. Spr- <laughs> sprinkle him in there. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, moving on, it definitely delivered on that that scene you were talking about. Um, The monkey scene? Which is, yeah. (laughs) Well, one of the many, many, many monkey scenes. And, um, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much of the movie for the viewer, because I really think the viewer should watch and listen to this film. Not only for the soundtrack, but, yeah, the interspersed other languages i mean that that dude that lady in the second act she they just could not give her english basically yeah. <laughs> nothing everything she said was overdubbed anyway but yeah. they were just i think she spoke so fast or in such a dialect that they were just like i don't i don't really know what she said yeah so, so we're just gonna go so to just, italian so rather than have somebody talk over it yeah whatever yeah <laughs> just and the swiss german part where again, you're not quite sure if she's sleepwalking or not. Yeah, what was that about? I know. Uh, <laughs> believe me, <laughs> I know. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, for the for the uh, linear story, I'll give it another ten out of ten. <laughs> followed followed by like a an eight out of ten. <laughs> That's fair, because it is very. Uh... Dream sequency. One of the I forget if I talked about it last episode, but one of the reviews I saw for the movie that was like everybody who doesn't like this movie doesn't get it. You're not <laughs> supp- <laughs> like it, it was basically something. A, a few people wrote something like, like had similar reviews. Were basically like you're not supposed to watch this movie as if it's a movie. You're supposed to experience it as if it's a dream. <laughs> it's like I mean, all right, <laughs> like. That's that's a hell of a sell. I mean, the you're doing it wrong. I yeah, love like that. you're interpreting art incorrectly. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not going to go so far as to say that they're right, but I will say you'll you def. I mean, pretty much in all movies, you'll enjoy it more if you don't hold it to a rigorous standard. That's just true for not even movie. That's just life. If you're just kind of cool with shit happening around you. 
you're probably going to give more things a 10 out of 10. And I give that an 8 out of 8. All right. Hey, still still betting a 1,000. That's Abs- fine. Absolutely. So now I got to talk about – yeah, the – so so I gave some high marks for the soundtrack and the linear story because it was linear. It mm-hmm. it had a beginning and an end and it didn't jump back at all. Mm-hmm. Which which I kind of actually hate in horror movies. The I flashback? The, yeah. Well, the explaining why they're being stalked. It's like why, yeah. why not just lead with that? Like if you or, wanted me to hate these kids and die, like I could have rooted for the axe murderer the whole time. I hate the one where they go back to show you the murder scene from earlier and then the camera pan like, like it's just that earlier the scene had cut away and they let it run a little longer and then it like pans over and you just see like the killer hiding in the closet and it's like this does nothing for me. Like I assumed the killer was hiding. Why are you showing me this? Yeah. I don't need to know the minutia of the crime. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the killer does a lot of things in order to h- enable himself or herself or themselves to kill or maim whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. That's what's great about the killer POV camera shot that they like. It's become a trope, which I also like because I like a campy horror movie where I like a good, you know, POV because I play a lot of FPS. So absolutely. But like the the, the, the soon to be victim turns and goes, oh, you what are you doing here? <gasps> Wait, what are you doing? Or or the other one where it's the, it's the detective who's pretty much got it figured out and is like, I knew it was you the whole time. You uh, all, The only reason I don't like the only thing I don't know is why. And then he just gets murdered and like. The POV, you know, you're looking through the eyes of the killer. They're obviously silent the whole time. But yeah, I like that. Like that I'm good with because that's so stupid and fun. And this movie didn't have that. This movie had the assembling of of a, uh, a weapon of a spear, that, I guess. I don't know yeah, what the fuck sure. that thing was. Well, they explain it kind of at the very end because, you know. The thing uses a spear, <laughs> like yeah. The, the guy that's uses the, a spear. That's bit. That's the explanation. It's not. Um, it doesn't explain why the spear is used. It's just it definitely confirmed that a spear is used. Well, it didn't explain a lot. Yeah, because, a lot's left. Well, there just, were there there was like an opening scene. Uh, I I know I know you were talking about the opening scene. Or no, it was just in the the Swiss hillside. But but the very opening, like somebody gets murdered. You know, it's that yes. kind of horror movie where it shows you the initial kill. A girl that you don't have to like or know at all. Just know that she's screaming and running. Yeah. Like, from something. Yeah. In and, just the beautiful Swiss mountainside. Yeah. It's Everything gorgeous. was really windy the whole fucking time. Like that movie, that was a windy movie. Yeah. And they were able to like light the trees very like interestingly. They're like, we're just going to light these two trees. Yep. That's it. Um, but in the very beginning of the movie, uh, they show some chains being ripped out of a wall. Yeah, not that, do- doesn't show you what's at the other end of the chains, what's ripping nope. them out, but just, like, chains getting ripped out of a wall. And really, you know, never really touched on that Mm-mm. at all. That nope. maybe something or someone was loose. Almost kind of a red herring, except there's no payoff for it. Well, I really want to see the, you know, the the cut room floor here. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, what didn't make it into this thing? Because, God, it had a lot. 
Now, I think we've we've put it off long enough. How without giving we can discuss without giving much away. How about that ending? Yeah. I mean, it it's it, how it's endings. a 20 minute ending. Like it, it just keeps ending. <laughs> and and I mean, you know, you were comparing it to Lord of the Rings. In Lord of the Rings, it was like, okay, they could wrap up the story here, but no, here's a nice little epilogue. This is no epilogue. Like, yeah, there's <laughs> no, there's zero epilogue in this. It's just like, hey, something comes out of left field, and then while your back is turned, there's something sticking a knife in you. It's like, what, huh? And then, sure enough, somebody's slapping with you with a fish from the other side. It's just, <laughs> it's just wild. Like that's how about how like I the, felt the stereotypical Italian mobster lawyer guy, his his whole storyline. I think. My favorite part about that, uh, and this is a very specific part, is he he has to travel through an airport at one point. Yeah. And the guy's like, hey, your rental car is over there. Do you need a map? And he's like, no, no. I'm familiar with these parts. Yeah. <laughs> Which and enabled he's... him to, to arrive immediately at the action. He arrived at the scene of the crime taking place without anyone tell I mean like he basically just yeah. pulled up to a driveway by a lake and yep. was like I know that I'm needed here <laughs> I'm well, certain the last thing I heard was that actually we don't even know the information that he got but he's like I should go s- save Jennifer Connolly from something I don't know yeah. what she's in Switzerland presumably in this town but I don't know where and he pulls up immediately to the correct spot, hops out. Yeah. Yeah, well, he did He did say he was familiar with these parts. Yeah, he nailed it. I mean. <laughs> he did. He really did. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, I mean, that wasn't even close to the end of the movie. No, there was a lot left. But I think the true tale here. Is that, um, you know, some some people are misunderstood and that some apes can change. <laughs> because, yep. because I, you know, sorry, spoiler. This is the one true spoiler I'll give away. But the monkey lives. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> and it changes its ways. Or she changes her ways, I believe. Could be. Yeah. I'll also say that at one point, Jennifer Connelly's roommate sneaks out. They're they're in like a boarding high school. And yeah, the uh, Robert Wagner yes. School for Girls. The yeah. Wait, Wagner? Like Wagner? Wagner? I think I'm not sure. Uh, I think it was Richard Wagner actually. Robert yeah, not- Wa- Robert Wagner is that actor. Okay, and I, yeah, because I don't think Wagner was Swiss. No. He was super racist, though. Well, all Germans were back then. Yeah, most people were and are. Yeah, so so her roommate sneaks out to meet up with her. I, you know, kind of kind of that era boyfriend where it's like, you know, we're going steady, but that doesn't really mean anything because nobody's able to. You can't really do anything. You're like, I just want to neck you near the near the trees in the the conservatory. Yeah, you're at a boarding high school. Like you don't really have any freedom. But so they go out into the bushes. And like making out, and she's basically like, 
hey, dude, you trying to stuff? Like, I'm trying to get down to some business. And he's like, I've got to go be in the army tomorrow. And she's like, come on, you bitch. And he's like, it's a three-hour drive. <laughs> and to that, me, is, that is a ton for a European, though. I suppose, but to a 16-year-old horny guy, a three-hour drive is is not a factor. No, absolutely not. <laughs> that was, grew up in a different time and a different place. That was the most unrealistic part of the film for me, was the mm. 16-year-old boy turning down bush sex because of a three-hour drive to go be in the army. Uh, the most unrealistic part of it for me was the consistency of the liquid in the corpse pit. Oh. It was just too much liquid. You know, if you're just throwing bodies in there and letting them putrefy, I think it would be a little more viscous. Yeah, it was like it was like <laughs> porridge, but you hadn't let the por- like it, it yeah. didn't like seep in yet. The oatmeal was just floating on top yes. of the water. Yeah. Yes. Spoiler alert, there's a corpse pit. But, you know, it's a horror, <laughs> it's a horror movie, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, overall, I would still give the movie like a solid 8 out of 10, maybe 8.5. And, a half. and th- that's like an honest review. Although I review high, especially for, for weird, incongruous shit like this. Hell yeah. And what rules is that this is basically our Thanksgiving episode. Even though like we're recording this November 4th. Remember, remember, may the 4th of November be with you. I, I think that's the pop culture reference. Correct. And so we're still kind of, we're in spooky early November, but uh, for you guys who are about to eat some, you know, just absolutely go, go to town on some turkey in a couple of days, uh, just think about the corpse pit porridge thing while you're like scooping into some gravy. Don't worry. You will not be able to, uh, to eat towards the end of this movie. Actually, one of our roommates walked in while, while we were watching the end of this movie and he was like, come on. (laughs) Can I guess which one? Which roommate? Yeah. Well, I mean, I told you I saw it with one of them, so it's the other one. Oh, yeah. I guess I did know that. But yeah, go ahead. Lay it on me. Um, Wiggles. Nice. Yeah. I wish he lived here. Got his ass. Oh, man. Well, yeah. The special effects, you know, for the time and the budget, like, they were they were on par with, like, Carpenter shit. I gotta yeah. say. They knew what they wanted out of the effects and dumped a lot of their effort into it. Well, there's a lot of bug work in it. And it there is. And it's not bad bug work. Like No. It's really like cuz some of those bugs when it's when it's a swarm, that's pretty easy to put in an effect to make it look like a swarm, but when it's like one bug that you need to behave in a certain way, like even when you're like putting a, you know, doing basically the 80s equivalent of CGI it's still like fucking it's it's either shitty because it's really noticeable that it's fake or it's a real bug and it's not behaving properly because it's a fucking bug. Yep. No, they had uh they had a ton of of actual bug work and like up close stuff, too. Yeah. I wonder if they just spent a lot of time like there's just a ton of B-roll for this. B-roll? Yeah. Because uh-huh. there's a B. There's a B. The sarcophagus flies. Yes. Yeah. And the, well, there's a bee at one point. There is a bee. Yep. And she pets it. And it's like all chill. I think that bee's dying. Or it was frozen. Yeah. So, I mean, it did. I mean, I guess there were a bunch of phenomena. Do, 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 do. Nice. Nice. And they went unexplained. 
So they yeah. continue to be phenomena. Well, not only did they go, so, so they went unexplained, but you don't feel it still has a satisfying ending. You're like, I don't have every, not every puzzle piece is in its place, and yet I feel complete. Yeah, like those, that monkey's gonna make it. But man, I I was buzzing after that movie. I, no no bug pun intended, but fuck, man. I like I was just so like just giddy because of how strange it was. It was so yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things in that movie came out of left field. Yeah, and that's that's really what I appreciate in a in a movie. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, it's good. It's good shit. And yeah, that's uh, that's that's all I came into the episode with is. A a review where I try not to spoil too much of phenomena. Well, that's fine because uh, we can we can now tease that movie was reviewed to uh, or was recommended to me by guest of the next episode we record. I think it'll come out after this one. Who knows? That makes sense. JJP. All right, John. Unrelated to that, we didn't necessarily have anything prepared for tonight, but I do. I did whip up a little, a little some, some. So I was thinking, you know, I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, pull my weight in the reviews, the review finding quest that you've been doing so well. You, you, you've really carried the team on that. Put the team on your back, as they say. I gotta say, I'm just using other people's like insane opinions as shh, as comedy. Shh, <laughs> don't. Shh, okay. Don't give that away. <laughs> it's all content. Well, I mean, maybe some of our listeners are hearing that and it's like, you know what? There was a lot of stock footage in that film. I did not appreciate that. I love Planet of the Dinosaurs. <laughs> now, what I've got here is a review from the 2010 film Remember Me, starring Robert Pattinson. This is one of your favorites, yeah. Pierce Brosnan and uh looks like... Emily DeRaven. 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 Let's go with that. Now, I have not seen this movie, but as we've as we've established, that does not mean I can't weigh in on it. And before I... Uh, I'm not sure... I think I'm going to go with my personal experience with the film before I go to the review. Because that'll explain why I wanted to find a, a review of this movie. And so basically... This movie came out while I was working at Blockbuster, and it was towards the end of my illustrious Blockbusterious career, and I was also becoming more cynical from having been not just in retail, but in the thing about Blockbuster retail is that anybody who's worked retail, I think, will agree that returns are some of the worst at like customer yeah. interactions. Yes, they have to have a certain amount of things. They have to have maybe a receipt. They have to have the item in reasonable condition. All Blockbuster is, is returns. And so people will swear up and down that I brought that back. You lost it. I brought it back. And then a couple of days later, they'd be like, hey, I found it in the back of my truck. And it's just like, dude, I'm not here to rip you off. Like, all that aside, just years of that and years of drunken people just stumbling in and being like, you guys are still open? Fuck Netflix <laughs> and just me being like, damn it, man, I make barely over minimum wage. Don't dunk on me right now. Like, this is all I have. And so it was a weekend night and several drunk college girls came in and 
wanted to rent the 2010 cinematic masterpiece, Remember Me, starring Robert Pattinson, who at this point, I believe, is basically only famous from the Twilight films. And they were like, hey, what have you heard about this movie? We know you're a guy, but like, what have you heard about this movie? And I was like, honestly, I really haven't heard anything. Um, not a lot of people have rented it. None of my co- none of my none of my co none of my coworkers have seen it. I was just kind of I could have bullshitted and made something up, but I was just tired and I was like, I don't I got nothing. And so they're like, No, like you've heard so like what have you seen? Give me a review. Like what what have you heard about it? And they were just pestering me and they would not let up. And it was right at the end of the shift, at the end of the night. And so I did share the one thing that I'd heard about the movie, which is the movie rocks because you get to see Edward Cullen get murdered by a plane. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the payoff. And so I guess uh, 10 seconds ago, spoilers for the 2010 cinematic masterpiece, Remember Me, starring Robert Pattinson. It's like a a weird, not romantic comedy, just like a weird romance movie that takes place like the movie ends, all these things are happening. All these storylines are getting wrapped up. I think there's like a voiceover because I have seen this scene. Like I've, I've just watched this because I I heard about it and it is hilarious. And it's like Robert Pattinson's looking out his office window with his hands on his hips, like you know things are gonna be okay. And it cuts I to like made it. Yeah. it. It cuts to like a classroom and somebody's teaching and writing stuff on the board. And then it cuts to some other characters and cuts back to him and he's still and it's it's zooming out of the building and it's him standing at the window and then it cuts back to the classroom and the teacher's writing on the chalkboard September. And then it cuts to some other people, cuts back to him, cuts back to the teacher and she writes eleventh. Cuts back it cuts back around it's two thousand one and as it continues to zoom out, you just see that he's working in the twin towers, like right where the planes made contact. And it's just like, Oh, cool. So they just they're about to you know, murder this man. One of my coworkers today just uh, reaffirmed his his belief that uh, that in fact planes did not crash into the World Trade Center. But pray tell uh, what did that's that's for well. I, I mean, think it, I think is there it a short some, version? <laughs> it was some sort of microwave frequency that NASA used. You know, like they used to create natural disasters. Mm. To turn the tides of of countries and economies in this dynamic equilibrium that we call the Earth. This is NASA that does this. Look, man, these aren't my beliefs. All uh, I know, no, I know. I'm all just... I know is the new thing that I learned is Jesus is coming back in May 2029. Not sure if you heard about that, but Christ is returning. That's a new date for me. Do we have a day of the month <laughs> or just May? Um, no. I got to do some more research into this one, and I probably will have when this episode airs. So, look with the way the coronavirus—you know—the coronavirus might mutate. He might get caught in some weird traffic or like a border stop. Let's just call it May, May twenty twenty nine. We'll give him the whole month. Well, where do you think he's coming back? It's it's got to be Graceland or, or Vegas, right? I was kind of thinking, what's Dolly Parton's? Is it Dolly World? Her her amusement park? Dollywood. Dollywood, that's what it is. That would be nice, yeah. Lure him over there. Yeah. Better Provo. I feel like he'd do well there. Yeah. But, well, I mean, maybe he doesn't get to choose. Oh, it's totally random. 
and he just keeps coming back but he dad but he keeps coming back at the bottom of the ocean and dying instantly and so well he turns it to wine and then he dies hell yeah now that's a movie i think that would go a little something like this (laughs) no so this reviewer left this review in uh, march 13th 2010 and Remember Me came out March 12th, 2010. So, so they left this review the, the day after the theatrical release, which makes the title of this review, like I remember 2010, but you'll see the title is Reading the Spoiler Made Me Want to See This Movie, which means I guess the day it came out, this person sought out spoilers. Yeah, like we did back then. You go to moviepooper.com. <laughs> I suppose. And then it has IMDb's spoiler warning tab, so you have to confirm you want to drop down to read the read the review. Now, the review, honestly, it's a touch verbose, so I might skip around. But I will say this person gave it a 9 out of 10, and they come in hot with the opening sentence. First of all, my husband and I are in our mid-30s. Now, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Now, They're in their mid-40s now. We can both picture these people. They're in their mid-30s. It's a husband- and I, we don't have a gender of the narrator, so we just know that, you know, they're at least they're attracted to men, and they're married. I hope it's a cat. <laughs> they're in their mid thirties. It continues. He was extremely skeptical about any movie with Robert Pattinson, assuming it would play to his fans, and then in parentheses, teenage girls. Now, you did not have to add teenage girls. We know what that means. <laughs> yeah. I had my doubts, too, and I rarely venture into PG-13 movies in the theater. That said, it was a review with spoiler on IMDb that convinced me to give this movie a try. If this movie fails to do well in theaters, I believe it will be because the marketing department decided to keep the ending a secret. Like, (laughs) so they wanted the twist in the... Theatrical release. They wanted the buzz to be created about it. So they wanted, like, M. Night Shyamalan to be like, Bruce Willis is dead. Now, check this shit out. They made it out to be a romance about two people with father issues. This is a movie about two families who are both dealing with unthinkable losses, just beginning to heal when a greater tragedy strikes. It was a beautiful and gentle reminder that 9-11 was about people, that it affected so many so deeply. It was done to just the right degree. At the moment I felt I couldn't stand to see what I knew was coming, they cut away. They made it about the faces of the people who saw it happen in person, whose lives were directly changed by it. The irony that a British guy is responsible for this film making it to theaters, while two American anti-Iraq war movies share the billboard, should not go unnoticed. Those who remember why we're fighting should support this movie. Those who were in New York may not be ready for it yet, but I believe it was tastefully done and timely. Their marketing team should have come out and said what it was about in the trailer, though. It's not something we want to be surprised with. It brought me right to the edge of tears, and I knew it was coming. I'm debating whether to buy it on DVD. When my kids are old enough, and then in parentheses 14 slash 15, could have just said 15, it may be good way to introduce them to the reality of the impact the events of 9-11 had on all of us. So just for a recap, 
This movie came out nine years after September 11th, and this woman's like, people are upset we're still fighting a war in Iraq. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they were. They they are. Yeah, because we still fucking are. Well, I what I like about it is, you know, I, I kind of saw 9-11 as, as, like, one of those generation, once in a generation, like, you know, mark time period. Point, at least. Sure, your your JFK's your yeah. yeah, and you know this COVID pandemic really, really just I mean you know we lost we lost some good people on nine eleven, but like nothing nothing compared to what we're going through right now. So like, yeah, nine eleven, huh? Like what? Yeah, it uh, it's just another day. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a ballsy review to just be like, look. It's tastefully done and timely. It came out nine years later, and it's timely. What could that mean about a tragedy that the film, you know, sort of not... It's I guess I wouldn't call it exploitative, because, again, they don't market it to be about 9-11. That'd be exploitative. But it is sort of like, can you call it timely if it's nine years later, so it's a good bit later... It's not like they've made it like right away or like let's crank this out so people were like can put, get a human impact on it. But they also didn't do it like 40 years later as in like we should remind people of what it was nine. Years, everybody fucking remembers it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would argue it's one of the weirdest times to make a 9-11 movie is I nine agree. years after it. Well, I mean, you got to think about the climate that this movie was made in. I mean, it came out in 2010, so it was probably produced in 2009, which, you know, they were either going through the writer's strike or, like, just getting over it. So this is one of the ones that they had, like, churn out there. And they were like, this is our best idea, is a twist where the twist is 9-11. <laughs> it's yeah. a romantic story where the twist is 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> That's the big reveal. That's, well... I didn't see the movies either, uh, or as well, but I've heard you say that a lot about the movie, and I think you're the only person that I know that knows what happened in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dear listener, if you've got five minutes to kill, type in ending of Remember Me in YouTube, and it is a fun little, just completely out of context, like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know any of these characters. It is just kind of funny to see how the end of the film. I will say I've now gone to this IMDb users page, like, within the IMDb site. It's a little disappointing. It's the only review they gave, but... Yeah, some are like that. <laughs> they did recently check in on several of the things things they've watched. They have watched The Martian, Gremlins, a movie called Sing Street which is a movie that came out in 2016 about a Dublin family in the 80s. I don't care to read any more of that. But then they checked in on specifically the Karen Tan episode of Band of Brothers. Nice. Just that one episode. Knew they were our people. (laughs) That's it. They have no other check-ins, just those four things. Fuck yeah. Dude, Gremlins and Karen Tan. I'm in. Sounds like a hell of a Christmas. Oh, I'm a fool. I could click see more. I'm sorry, there are more things. There are no more episodes of Band of Brothers, but there are Jurassic Park that they watched in 2015, The Right Stuff that they watched in 2016. A few weeks later, they watched A Fistful of Dollars. The same day, they watched For a Few Dollars More. Same day. That's fine. The next day, 
the good, the bad, and the ugly. A couple weeks later, Adam 12. Then they got around to ca- the Cabin in the Woods. Then Shaun of the Dead. Then Sing Street. Then Gremlins. Then, uh, again, one episode of Band of Brothers and then The Martian. Nice. Uh, okay. They watched March 29th of this year. Wow. This this person's had an active, you know, late 2010s decade. I'm going to call it sporadic. I don't know about active. Yeah, okay. There's a lot of good ones in there, though. Right stuff? I mean, before that, this, this new right stuff came out. Yeah, that was all 2015, 2016, then one thing in 2017, then skips right to March of this year, which is 2020, in case you, anyone at home forgot. I mean, it's weird, these IMDb users, they're active for like a couple of years at a time, they, like they have good stretches, and then and then either drop off, or like, yeah, just come back much later, and still with the same gusto. The same fervor. Yeah, yeah I was kind of hoping we get like a real, like a, like a hard opinion on Super Troopers, or you know, some other like, or she'd come in, I'm presuming it's a woman, she'd come in with like... I loved A Walk to Remember, but honestly, that guy at the beginning did not need to break his neck. Like something. (laughs) Uh, I loved the ring, but they did not need to kill the horse on the boat. I enjoyed, you know, my girl, but like he really just should be carrying an EpiPen around. Yeah. And honestly, they should let us know that he they should let us know that he dies in the trailer, that it's about (laughs) child death. Of course. Well, whenever a movie has a tragic twist ending, they always have to advertise it. I think the first time, I, I, like one of the first ever movie trailers was uh, Soylent Green, and they do give away the movie in the trailer because the apparently the guy who spliced together did not understand what it was going to be used for. He thought it was supposed to just summarize the film, and so he, he put in the the very the, the pivotal line of of Charlton Heston poorly acting and saying Soylent Green is people. Soylent Green is people? No, I'm sorry, CeeLo Green is people. <sighs> Are people. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so that's the big twist of that movie and he says it in the trailer. Remember me. So that'd be cool if Robert Pattinson was like, "Boy, do I like being alive on September 10th, 2001." <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to my job as a successful accountant on the 77th floor of the North Tower. Yeah. <laughs> World Trade Center. It's like, no. Tomorrow I'm going to do so much business. Tell you what, I'm not going to fly in a plane today. I'm going to the office. Yeah, and I'm never going to forget to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. It's it's a weird you know, slice of that story that they decided to tell. And I mean... I can get how maybe one or two people might identify with it, but I'm not sure that they enjoyed anything yeah. about that, yeah. especially in its timely nature. Oh, I forgot the, the fallout of me saying that Robert Pattinson or uh, Edward Cullen gets murdered by a plane. But those girls uh, were very upset with me for basically because apparently they did not know that it was about September 11th. <laughs> and so they got uh, justifiably mad. And I think still rented it, but jokes on them, that business went out of business. So, wait. Yeah, you you took their money and and went bankrupt. It was wasted. Good job, Blockbuster. Despite them trying to keep us afloat, which I think was their goal. What, staying afloat? Yeah. Well, helping us stay afloat. That's not a good business model. Where else are you going to buy those weird flavors of cookie dough bites? Nowhere. The movie theater? Fuck. 
That's, every, that every was time. all. All your snacks were fucking movie themed, or like you know, snack bar themed, basically. Dude, it was so funny that they were like, "We've got movie theater flavored uh, popcorn shaker things," and it's just like, guys, that's not even a thing. Yeah, that's not a thing. I saw that for the first time, I think, when I was in college in like a, a movie theater in Silver Spring. Real, real arty place, but they still had popcorn and they had the shaker stuff. It was, it was annoying to say the least, but the guy I was there with, you know, he, he was living in the house that I lived in off campus uh, when I was going to college, I think as a sophomore, but he took like three of us roommates to his old movie theater job and we got, they didn't have a bag big enough to give us a popcorn. So they just gave us an empty box of popcorn <laughs> and they what were like do you do you want some shaker stuff and we were like yeah shake it all on there fuck you like, give me the shaker actually <laughs> i'm gonna lick the inside yeah box of popcorn hell yeah well it was it was an enjoyable i mean we saw multiple movies while we were there this was around the time of frost nixon and i think there was a movie called mongol that came out starring genghis khan yeah but it was all it was all Khan and no Genghis, I think was my review. <laughs> my Chingus doesn't have enough dingus. <laughs> no, I think my review is yeah, it's all it's all Khan and no Genghis. I think there was one other that we saw that day. But I know there was a Korea or a Mongolian barbecue, like an all you can eat place like right near there. So Fuck yeah. Felt obligated watching Mongol and getting prepared for Mongol. It was not good. Not a good movie. I wouldn't watch it. Speaking of getting prepared to go see a movie, I uh, I was going to see 300 in IMAX in, I believe, Brooklyn, New York. And it was obviously, it was still in theaters at the time. It was something you do. Right, yeah. when, it, right when it came out. And sitting in my seat there, everyone's shuffling in. And IMAX has those real steep, steep seats, you know, because of the whole IMAX experience. And it, it was there was a balcony like I was up on the on the on the balcony part, and there was a lower section that you could kind of see if you lean forward a little bit. And all of a sudden, you know, the lights are a little bit dim. They're not full dim. They're not like take your seats. The trailers are about to start, but it is that like it's not like the lights are full on because we're cleaning. It's that you know get to your seats. We're about to show you some fucking trailers in IMAX, and even that'll be fun. And we hear this. Just the sound of a large bottle breaking. That easily identifiable sound. Unmistakable. Yeah, you're just like, Somebody oh, just dropped a no. bottle. And so somebody from the lower section stands up, and he's pretty close to the front, so he turns around to address the people behind him and the people above him. And, I mean, in a very projecting sort of preacher-esque voice, he was like, hey, my, uh, my friend here just dropped an entire fifth of Captain Morgan that the whole group of us were going to drink uh, while we watched the 300 movie, instead, uh, all these fine gentlemen that are currently trying to squeeze their way through the crowd are going to ask us to leave the theater. So not only am I not going to get to watch this, I'm going to be sober while I don't watch this. And uh, these guys are going to have to clean up a big mess. So I'm sorry to everybody involved. And then they just got escorted out like they didn't put up a fight at all, which is good. I mean, I wouldn't want them to have put up a fight, but it was just very funny. Like, I've never seen somebody just fully explain the situation to everybody else. <laughs> yeah. What a guy. Yeah. It stuck with me. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
you know, there. I, I guess there's people like that that walk around. Yeah, just like, uh, hey, if uh, if I do something big and loud, or, or, or you know, my friend does, I, I don't want people to have any mystery. I want them to know exactly what happened so that they feel safe and they can enjoy their 300 viewing experience. And they don't have to wonder why it smells like rum. Yeah. It's 4D. It's like those Disneyland ones where they blow tufts of... Little puffs of air on your feet. To Where they it. kick you in the chest. Yeah, or some guy just comes out and hits you with a fish when you least expect it. Or they stab you with spears, <laughs> impale you with short swords. Yeah, and throw you into ram a into co- you with a shield wall. Throw you into a corpse pit. Ah, oh, corpse pit. <laughs> well, I'm, it it just was too much liquid, and I, you know, she did she did grab for that pipe. And it did start spewing water, so I can understand why there was water. But, like, you want your corpse pit to be extra corpsey. But the thing also was, it was liquid. It wasn't goo. It should have been corpse goo. Let's be honest. Yeah, corpse goo would have been way better. You're going to want that goo. Uh, hey, check it out. I got a bag of teeth. Oh, nice. I uh, accidentally bought a bag of glow-in-the-dark Vampire teeth for my Halloween costume. I have an oversized, overcooked, understrength marijuana cookie that I'm not going to eat. Because I've been getting high throughout this entire time. Yeah. Well, I cooked it. So I know. That's fair. (laughs) It's more like a round biscotti or a small biscotti that has not been sliced yet. Hell yeah. (laughs) Well, we're almost out of time, but I want to give you one quick anecdote that happened to me today before I forget about it. We got a new guy at work. Started on Monday. Hey, new guy. Two funny things have happened with him already. Is One, last Thursday, on a group call, it's me, his boss, who I'm only saying this because it becomes relevant. He's a Lebanese gentleman who is a very light-skinned Middle Eastern guy. I uh, think you know, I'm turning Lebanese. I think I'm turning Lebanese. I really think so. Visually passes for white. Uh, the CEO, who is a white guy, and then uh, this the the coworker of this new guy, who who will be giving him some tasks and stuff. He's still kind of above him. Who who is a, a Vietnamese guy, and they were just sort of discussing, and it was just like, hey, so this this guy that you're, you're to, to the Lebanese gentleman, they're they're saying, so, so this guy that you're giving the offer to. Uh, I haven't met him yet. As this is the CEO talking, he says uh, the company like we're we're good on you know diversity hires. We're in no danger of 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 any of that. But he's like I'm I'm like just just curiosity. Are we becoming more or less diverse? His his response was, well, he's a white guy, but he's like Ben. And so we all scrunched our faces up at that to be like what? And I was just like, do you think I'm not white? And he was you're, like, no, 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 you're like too white. You're extra. <laughs> he was like, no, no, no. And I was like, I don't think they get whiter than me, dude. And he was like, no, 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 no. Uh, he has like uh, big earrings. And I was like, do you think I have piercings? And he's like, no, he has tattoos. I was like, again, like still no. Still what? He was like, well, he has a ponytail. I was like, what are we doing here? What the fuck are we discussing? And he he's 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 a young guy. I He's. <laughs> He finally came around to, well, he's cool. And it's like, first of all, I don't think you have any grasp of what cool means. If, But second of all, thank you. Uh, but So that was the first one. But then I, I met him Monday. Uh, he does indeed have earrings, a ponytail, and tattoos. But I heard him say to somebody who had just said, I live in San Francisco, where do you live? He said, I also live in San Francisco. 
And that first person then said, oh, what part? And the guy goes, I live in the Tenderloin. Have you heard of it? Which is the equivalent of saying, I live in L.A. Have you ever heard of Compton? <laughs> Just like, yes. <laughs> like, uh-huh. it's not an up-and-coming neighbor. It's not new. Like, if you've it's... been in San Francisco for a week, you know the Tenderloin. Dave Chappelle commented on it in his one San Francisco special. Like, it's one of the only neighborhoods people talk about. Yeah. Well, anyway, he seems like a nice guy. He, I'm sure he does fine. Well, then I was like, oh, so he's new to the area and he doesn't know. And now he's lived there for 10 years. So. Wow. I got nothing. I got no- I mean, He still seems like a nice guy. I just don't. Be understand. on that guy's side in a fight, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, that's good. Good, you got some uh, some good new blood in there. Absolutely. And you know what? It's good to have you know another person you know like like you with uh, with gaze ears and, and, and tattoos. And, all my all my tattoos and, and and like you know only a couple of buttons buttoned on your button downs. Absolutely, that's that's huge. Mm. But uh, that's gonna bring us to the end of the episode. I want to. I wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Indigenous Peoples Thanksgiving. Yep. I mean, Merry. Happy. Wow, sale. Happy, is it, are we doing African American Friday? Schwartz Freitag? Yes. We'll leave it at that. Small in a Saturday. I hope everybody who wants to travel and see their family is able to do that in a safe way. I hope. I hope you're not traveling, but. I honestly hope you're not traveling. I, I mean, like, I'm, I'm talking driving 20 minutes. You know, that kind of thing. We're the day after the election when we're recording this, so hopefully we've got some concrete information when this is coming out. Because we don't right now. We're just kind of hanging out with our dicks in our hands. We're all just looking down and staring at our own penises. Some of us are suing. I mean, some of us are (laughs) actively litigating, but whatever. Regardless of whether or not you have a penis, we're all looking downwards with our necks crooked at an odd angle, staring at our own penises sitting in a chair. That's what the whole nation's doing right now, going, look at that thing. Yeah. What's it do? What's it doing down there? <laughs> that's kind of what we're all... Yeah. That's what we're yeah. all doing right now. Yep. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get a guest on, which, you know, should fucking slap some color on these old dead lips. <laughs> well, you know, I'll... I'll probably be in person with the guests so yeah i am jealous i am just green with jealous rage well i can kiss him double for you Ooh, just kiss him from a socially distanced i think 69ing i think is safe yeah yeah or do it or do it through the sheet well as long as you use a dental dam you're fine Mm. covid can't get through a dental dam hi i'm dental dan nice Send us an email at roadsodaspod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at roadsodaspod on instagram.com. Send me a message on my cell phone at cellphone.com. That's all I got. I think we're going to wrap up. We're going to try something new this time. Normally we have James give us a word of wisdom, a single word. Uh, Sometimes it's monosyllabic. Sometimes it's multisyllabic. But it's always one word. And it's of wisdom. And so this time we're going to go with a little something different and have him sort of give us uh, words of encouragement and inspiration. So let's hit him with it 
Jimbo, and go now. Please start. Go. Truly words to live by. And as we say every week, go fuck yourself. God fuck us, everyone. That's the last bottle I have. Yeah.